Welcome, listeners, to a new season of LobbyCast, the lobbyists' podcast of radio plays, interviews, and other exciting content. We have a lot coming up and are excited to share with you. Don't forget to subscribe. Kicking off the season, we have something pretty special. It's been a year. Oh man, it's been a year. It's also been exactly one calendar year since the shutdown of the theater industry in New York. Our very own Alex Grubbs leads an exploration, a meditation, a conversation about what this past year has been like as he asks the question, how are we holding up? I'm in a backyard in Park Slope, Brooklyn. All right, so uh, what are we about to do here? We're gonna be doing some reduction work on this oak tree in front of us. Okay. We begin to throw a multicolored ball tied to a nylon string into the top of a tree. Uh, Well, first we take a throw line and we we aim for one of those crotches that's high up there. Um, The crotch is like where the limb meets another branch. That's right. It's a little breezy and cold, but pleasant. With the ball on the other end, tie that to your climbing rope? That's right, yeah, and then we'll pull that through. Okay. Um, And once we have it isolated, uh, and there's no branches interfering with our, our up and down line, we can tie on our, our climbing device okay. and put our saddle on. Which is uh, what a, this is a hitch climber. That's right. I'm about to climb into a tree. Awesome. So once we get all this set, um, and we get a line in the tree and it's isolated and everything, then we climb. Then we climb. On March 12, 2020, the lights of Broadway went dark. All performances of every show running were canceled. You see, Broadway had been shut down before from labor disputes, even snowstorms. But the March 2020 shutdown was unprecedented. The Broadway League was prepared to suspend all performances for one month until April 12, 2020. Then that date was pushed to October and then to January. The current projection is May 30th, 2021, but even that seems a little optimistic and is likely to change again. Something else incredible but unrelated also happened on March 12th, 2020. My baby boy was born. Jameson Stanley Grubbs came roaring into this world, riding the wave of a global pandemic born at Woodhull Hospital in Brooklyn. Best looking baby you ever seen. I know this is radio and you can't see him, but trust me. So really, I got the news about the New York theater shutdown once I leveled off of the adrenaline of becoming a parent. At first, the detail got lost in the torrent of news updates, but then it was there. Small little footnote. And by the way, no more theater until we don't know when. It's worth saying that in the past year, more than 500,000 Americans have lost their lives to COVID-19. And the weight of that loss is so immense that we will likely be unpacking it for the rest of our lives. But what I wanna share with you here is a more focused picture of a community and collective. What happens when their industry grinds to a halt and what exactly is holding them up? Okay. All right, so once I, once I get high enough, um, I, I kind of want to reach um, 
you want to try to grab like yeah if you can grab this branch over here and sort of pull yourself up okay. um you want to try and climb the tree as much as possible and not your rope okay climb the tree not the rope it wasn't until months after the Broadway shutdown that I was able to really begin grasping the enormity of what had happened. How long would this last? Who all is affected? How do we keep going? What's going to happen? Whenever I need to know something about the theater biz, which is a lot of the time, I reach out to my good friend, who knows a lot more than me. My name is Liz Carlson. Liz is a producer, director, story developer, you name it, she does it. I have been exceptionally busy during this time. I am not having a comparable professional experience or artistic experience as the majority of the theatrical industry right now. I've actually intersected with almost like 50 projects, like upwards of 250 artists. Like, I don't believe this time has made anyone believe art, storytelling, etc. is a frivolous act. What I do believe is that how it's made and in what form and for whom and by whom is in a massive push of evolution right now. And that is exciting to me and I think a necessary process. Liz is referring to a sea change in the way that theater is produced, driven mostly by the Black Lives Matter movement and the emergence of We See You White American Theater. There can't be a return to before March 12th of 2020. It's, it's, it's impossible. There's been too much tragedy and loss and growth and opportunity for education. I think we all need to be like, refocusing to the forward-facing. I reached out to my friend Mike Michalizzi. He's an actor and a filmmaker. The conversation moved the way it does a lot of time to be about acting, the business, the process. Mike described the reality check familiar to anybody trying to get into the acting industry in New York. You know, theater, it's not theater in the 70s or whatever, or those fantasies of being like, we're all, you know, doing downtown theater. Like, it's very expensive to do downtown theater. It's no wonder why so many don't, quote, make it. And we're led to believe that the struggle is what makes you successful in the end. But defining that success is elusive. You have to constantly update what success means. Not because we're failures. You know, you, you have to adjust. You have to pivot and you have to start to go, okay, you know, how am I going to make this work? Okay, I feel like I have to explain this word, pivot. It's a word that actors use a lot for, well, it's a way of not getting stuck. For keeping yourself energized creatively or financially when for whatever reason you aren't able to be an actor. It's like you're keeping the car on the road. But in the present moment, the circumstances are quite different. There's not really a road, and the car doesn't have wheels on it. So, in this moment, what is the pivot? I think for me, the pivot showed up where I sort of had to, I kind of had to sit down with my like inner child and be like, hey, it's not gonna happen. That dream like that isn't gonna happen. My inner child didn't have any concept of like a lot of the things that I do now. So I think the pivot is just going, we kind of have to love ourselves enough to forgive ourselves for letting ourselves down. 
I, I actually want to love myself more and have goals that transcend a profession. Even the most successful people, you know, there's a lot of time where they're sitting around where DiCaprio's probably just like smoking his, you know, jewel or whatever, just waiting for the phone to ring to figure out what Scorsese movie he's going to do next. But like, the guy's probably also being like, I don't know, is this all there is? I have a group of friends, some would say a band. Maybe you know us? We're called The Lobbyists? Okay, of course you know us, you're listening to the podcast, but anyway. This pandemic shutdown, of course, has hit us pretty hard too. We haven't all been in the same room since February of 2020. So I thought this would be a good time to touch base with each one and see how they were holding up. Hey, (laughs) I'm Eloise Ayone. For Eloise, the pandemic created a glut of work and an opportunity to distract herself from the fact that one of her passions was suspended indefinitely. The space that I had kept for theater before, that was sacred and that I, I would prioritize, I actually have lost that. And, and, and with that, uh, I, I feel disconnected from my artistic side. I'm not sure where I'm gonna end up, but it's, it's a work in progress. Undergirding Eloise's future outlook, is hope. I know that we're capable of taking this tragedy for the theater in our generation and turn it into something that is more accessible and um, uh, more inclusive and uh, more uh, spectacular and magical than, than, it, than it was before. My name is Tommy Crawford. When talking about some of our favorite venues, the Ensemble Studio Theater, where Tommy and I are both members, came up. He takes you there. I mean, first of all, it's like you, you get off the subway and and you sort of uh, you go through Hell's Kitchen, milling around, especially like if it's five o'clock. So I would sort of like usually need to thread my guitar through the hordes, and then uh, you know you just got to watch out for some of the cars. But otherwise, and then um, yeah, and then you sort of walk down Fifty Second Street and you get really close to Eleventh Ave and. Sometimes you might see some people milling out downstairs on the sidewalk. Um, If you're going to see something on the main stage, it's on the second floor. And usually the feeling going into the lobby there is always one of like, you know you're going to run into a handful of people that you know and have worked with and are possibly really close friends with. And so even if if it's just people you've, you know, worked with a handful of times or, you know, met a couple times, there's always like someone to say hi to and you know, a familiar face to catch up with. Um, I always appreciated that. Tommy identified one of the problems at the heart of this theater shutdown. Theater is something we've all kind of given our our lives to. There's no real sense, even a year later, of when it's coming back. Society needs artists, but artists also need society. Artists need to need society to sort of be there for them and to have their back. Um, and a year, a year plus now of unemployment for performing artists is um, people who are trying to build a life in their respective field and, and media. Are people going to have to move on from their field and, and do something else in order to support a family, in order to support themselves? For some of the lobbyists and thousands of other theater artists around the country, the shutdown didn't just mean the end of potential employment. 
but current employment as well. Our favorite drummer, Tony Vo, explains. Just gotten an offer to uh, play Rum, the drummer, uh, the character Rum, uh, who is the drummer in Cambodian rock band for the Portland Center Stage production, which was going to be it was slated to be in the summer of 2020, so like around June to July. Um, so I was going to the Signature Theater pretty often to like see the show and like understand the track and under, you know understand the the music and and they emailed us and said that the show is unfortunately canceled, you know, or postponed till, you know, uh, whatever, uh, down the road to whenever they feel like, uh, they have the capacity to, to bring the show to, to Portland, Oregon someday. It was really devastating, um, that I lost that opportunity. And also because it was, um, I rarely see like an actor musician show with an all Asian cast. And it was, dude, this is a, such a specific energy when you're in a room full of Asian Americans and Asian people, like seeing like a, a story that is so important to them um it's very rare and and i was so excited to be a part of that so it was really devastating if if anything this pandemic has really forced us to really really pivot <laughs> i've had days where i felt like what was it all for <laughs> especially in the arts you know we get rejected all the time um we have to have a thick skin and we have to learn how to let go of of, of dream auditions and dream projects all the time and um and letting go of you know shows that we have been a part of and the show closes and we have to let go of that um yeah it's it's funny like i think about it's just like an, an end of an era really like everybody keeps talking about the before times like before the pandemic and 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 yeah it's it's the way i've been kind of looking at it is like is that it's like it's the end of a chapter and i really have to learn how to let go of that for Will Turner, the opportunity for growth lie in a kind of personal wisdom of accepting what's in front of you, when sometimes the thing to do is not to do. You know, it's, it's called various things, but it's like non, non-doing or spontaneous doing or like not forcing things, doing things without effort, not trying to make something happen that just doesn't want to happen. What is a path that's forward, or at least in motion, and taking that path? I asked Will to give advice to some of his fellow theater makers, and what he said, what hit me in the gut. In a way, this is um, an invitation not to take things personally. Like, when the, when the business starts up again, you also might not be working again, or you might also be working again, but you'll be taking it personally at that point. And I just, maybe you shouldn't. For our fiddling friend Douglas, this shutdown meant a more concrete move. Of, uh, um, making the plan to go to, to come back to Nashville, which is where we met 10 years ago. That was, um, that journey of having everything we owned in the back of this 15-foot truck, driving, you know, across the country um, through some torrential rainstorms was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. I asked Douglas his feelings about what appeared to be a pretty large pivot. I think actually actors have a better sense of what an actual physical pivot is than most people because, you know, it's a dance move and you're, you're stepping in one direction and then you turn and step in another direction. But you actually, to effectively complete a pivot, you have to use the momentum that you had in the first direction to get you into the second direction. You know, just because things aren't happening on your timeline or to your schedule 
doesn't mean that uh, they won't happen. Time's a gift, no matter what speed it's going at. And uh, yeah, you should certainly try to use it to grow. So it appears the thing that was holding everyone up wasn't holding everyone back. I don't know if I was surprised to see everyone in the lobbyist doing so well, but maybe. Maybe it's because I'm still trying to figure out a lot of those things for myself. And like Douglas said, to pivot, you need momentum. So what am I doing? How can I pivot when I'm just... Okay, so get a foot in here. And um, let me see if I can grab this. Push myself up. It's footing there. All right. So, wow, here we are. Like, what, 40, 50 feet up in there? It's like five stories. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, looking down. It's not so bad looking down. And the view is awesome. Um, yeah, so if you just reach out and make a cut. Here with this pulse off. Yeah. Gotcha. And um, four or five feet. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's good. And it, it's just going to sort of, the branches will just drop down. Yeah, yeah. They're There's not going to be super heavy, so we can just let those fall. Like many of my peers in the theater shut down, my part-time hustle became full-time work. And don't get me wrong, I am lucky to have full-time work, but I could also feel the actor part of me slipping away. Like, what happens if I let go of this rope? Will I ever hold on again? I don't know for sure, but I'm holding on to a different rope right now. Now it's time to descend on this hitch climber, and so I just grab the... Whoa, hey. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I, when I hold this, Hitch, uh, I just slip down. Ooh, uh, okay. Wow, and whoop! <laughs> Two feet on the ground. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Good work. Thanks, man. You too. My part time job for many years has been in gardening and landscaping. And so, as work was coming back in New York, I actually found a job opportunity with an arboriculture firm, a tree company. And I took it. The guy you've been hearing me talk to is Frank Iozio an experienced arborist and tree climber. Working with trees is rewarding and challenging. I like to think that the arborist works where trees and people meet. Sometimes that work is mundane, and other times it's profound. So this is the kind of thing we do a lot of, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say this is the majority of what we do, um, apart from like maybe a removal. Um, yeah, I mean, trees will live a long time, and with, you know, proper care taken of them, they'll live even longer, hopefully. To prune a tree sounds simple enough, but trees, like people, are on their own path of growth. And what makes sense to the Kwanzan won't necessarily work for the Okami. Those are both cherry trees. It takes time to learn, but ultimately, you have to cut, wait, and grow. After just a few months of working with trees, I was walking around the streets of New York in a completely different way. It felt like I'd moved here for the first time, constantly looking up, lost in the canopies, wondering how many people notice the precise angular spread of a Zelkova tree. 
Or what about the excellent spray of scholar tree blossoms in late summer? Or the calorie pear, invisible to most people throughout the year until it erupts in white blossoms in April? Every last one of these street trees suddenly just seemed to me taking for granted, their value unconsidered. Never mind that they're beaten by weather, saturated in snow-melting salt, peed on by the bougiest dogs in Park Slope. And yet, they persevere. They last. Given the year I've had, and the year my community has had, I saw these street trees and their isolated struggle in a new way. And they reminded me of ones that I knew, who also spread their roots out under the concrete. What do I do in the theater? I'm an actor. I'm an actor. I'm a divisor. I am a performer and writer for the stage. I'm a theater director. It is the roots, uh, after all, that hold the tree up. I am an actor. Weathering the storms and isolation, On the but not as alone Ojibwa, as one might think. I'm in South Carolina. Known as Minneapolis, I'm in Minnesota. Upstate New York in a town called Windsor Holmes. Terrace, Brooklyn. The last time I was in a theater, theater workshop, the Hyperion Lounge in Silver Lake. The visual art. Um, I read a lot. Too much Instagram. I drink too much. In January, I tried to do yoga every day, and in fact, I did, which is a huge accomplishment because I I loathe yoga. But I do. I, be- I miss this is the this is the hardest part for me is being connected with friends. What is your hope for theater in the future? That it's more equitable? That our job as artists is to connect with the populace and challenge the status quo? I would say uh, be open to serendipity. What advice do you have for fellow theater artists right now? Uh, You're not alone. If any, if they're, if, if you're feeling like me, everyone else, or at least, uh, yeah, everyone in theater is going through the same thing. What advice do you have for your fellow theater artists right now? You're doing great. You're doing great. It's challenging. We're in the middle of it. It's a lot of stuff to go through. Your community is. Everyone's still here. Holding Up is produced by The Lobbyists, written and directed by Alex Grubbs, and original music by The Lobbyists. Mixed and edited by Alex Grubbs, Tony Aidenvoe, and Tommy Crawford. Featuring Liz Carlson, Mike Michalizzi, Eloise Aone, Tommy Crawford, Tony Aidenvoe, Will Turner, Douglas Waterbury Teeman, and Frank Iozio. Special thanks to Ali Stoner, Sean McIntyre, Jay Patterson, Napoleon Tavale, Alex Harold, Colette Robert, Layla Kushnudi, Annie Tip, Abby Rosenbrock, Alex Gould, Curran Connor, and Jessica Kokoska. You've been listening to Lobbycast. Thank you.